was baptized in a name that was above every name. The scripture says it this way, neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm thankful that name has been applied to my life. Hallelujah. And I acknowledge him today. I worship him and give to him praise and adoration. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, tonight, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. We're going to read a very powerful passage of scripture. Uh, selection from Acts chapter 2 and we'll start reading in verse number 38 we'll read verse 38 and verse 39 Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and verse 39 praise God when you get there if you have arrived say amen amen it's good to see everybody here in the house of the Lord tonight what a great great crowd here on a Tuesday night. It's Tuesday on the Rock, and we're spending some, spending some time in the Word. I want to be strengthened by Him. I'm very excited about what I'm going to speak to you about here tonight. Chapter 2 and verse number 38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost you know that verse very well but what about verse 39 for the promise is unto you everyone say me that is me and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call that is representative of every people not a select people but it is an open door to every body the holy ghost is for everybody amen this new birth experience is for everybody hallelujah amen so i want to speak to you for a few moments here tonight on project 39 verse 39 the promise everyone say the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want to say this right up front here. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is not just for me. It's for somebody else. Amen. I'm thankful for all of you that are in this house here tonight. I really, really am. There's a testimony represented in every individual. But did you know what? There's a lot of people in the city of Bakersfield. And there's a lot of people in the world. I believe that this promise is not just for us in this building, but it's for other people. Amen. And that's our commission. And that is our job. I want to see somebody receive the Holy Ghost. I want to see somebody invited to experience the promise of Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. Amen. Project 39. God, we thank you and praise you in this house here tonight. We exalt you, we worship you, we ask that you would strengthen us, direct us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, you can be seated. The new birth experience is a powerful experience. If you have repented of your sins, we still believe that a person must repent of their sins. We believe that it is essential. We believe in more than just a confession or a statement of faith. There has to be a turning away, a dying out to my will, a repentance of everything that I have done wrong, putting it at God's feet, acknowledging the elephant that is in the room, and that is my own failure. We believe in repentance, and someone said amen. Praise God. We believe that that is important, that that precedes everything, that repentance is a type of Jesus' death, and so we identify in that new birth experience by identifying in his death by dying out to some things. The scripture said mortify the deeds of the body or kill or put to death the deeds of the body. I've got to put some things under subjection to God so that I can arise to walk in new not life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm tired of the old. I want the new. I want the new walk with God. I want the new life in God. I want the new experience in God. 
God. I want the new mercies of God that are new every morning. I want a new song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. I want the new favor and grace of God every single day. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God called you out of the old and he stepped you into a new world and a new dimension. And it's the dimension of redemption and his grace and his mercy. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here thankful that you repented of your sins? You left it at an altar of repentance. Hallelujah. You walked away from it. Hallelujah. And there was a God big enough to take that. There was a God big enough to take that. You were baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Name that is above every name. You acknowledged some things in your life and you were baptized in Jesus' name. His name was applied to your life. This is the only, only baptismal formula that can be found in the scripture. Why would not anyone run to a baptismal place and have the name that's above every name called over them? Not titles, but the name. He is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I've come in my Father's name. Jesus is Jesus. And Jesus Jesus said, I'm sending my spirit to you and it's coming through and in my name. This is why we baptize in a name that is above every name. Because that name is able to take the sins that you have repented of and wash them completely away. Praise God. Everything that you have committed, you can bury it in a watery grave. It's not going to dog your tracks anymore. There is no condemnation anymore. But there is freedom. Freedom. If you're free here tonight, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give to him praise for the liberty wherewith Jesus sets free. Amen. This is, this is Bible doctrine right here. Repentance is identifying with Jesus' death. Baptism is identifying, or repentance is his death. Baptism is his burial. It identifies with his burial. And this scripture reveals to us that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is an identification with his resurrection. Amen. You not only repent and you not only are baptized, but you seek the Lord so that you might be resurrected. It doesn't stop. If, if, we, if we stop any, any of these stages, we truncate or we abort the new birth experience, which is an identity with Jesus. I don't want to abort that. I want to continue in that. If you're seeking the Holy Ghost, you keep seeking the Holy Ghost. Every service you seek the Holy Ghost. Every time. You don't get defeated. You don't get condemned. You just keep saying, God, it's a promise. The promise is to me. And so I'm claiming that promise. It's going to come. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to be resurrected in a newness and a walk with you. You've already done great things in my life. Don't discount the good things that God has done in your life. Praise God. If you're here in this place here tonight and you've repented of your sins and you've been baptized in Jesus, Jesus name and you're seeking the Holy Ghost God has done rich things in your life God has provided to you great things in your life praise God don't discount those things recognize that God has done mighty things in my life and so I'm going to give him praise for every single step that I take forward I'm not going to look too far down the road every single day as a matter of fact even in this service here tonight I came tonight to give you praise I'm not thinking about Thursday prayer. I'm not thinking about Sunday. I'm thinking about right now. God, you're good right now. All the time, you're good. But right now, I'm in your presence. Woo! And I'm here to give you praise. That, that promise is for everybody. Now, now, I want you to know how exci excited I am about that because up to this point, this was a Jewish thing. This was a Jewish identity thing. Even though God had spoken to Abraham and said, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you and the descendants of yours that will be like the sands of the seashore and like the stars of the sky. 
Way back in the very beginning, the vehicle that was chosen was the children of Israel to reveal and testify to a world about God's goodness and his plans, types, and shadows. But when it comes down to it, he died at Calvary so that you and I could have his spirit living in us. They worshiped that temple. That temple meant so very much to them. It was the center of everything that they did. Solomon built it. It was magnificent. It was awesome. But Jesus said, there's a greater temple that I'm going to put my spirit in, and it's going to be upon individuals. In 2021, your name, your life is the temple of God. He wants to fill your temple with the anointing and power of God and the Holy Ghost. He wants to live in you, not a physical building, but in a life. Woo! Praise God. Do you value the Holy Ghost here tonight? Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing and your presence. That promise is to you, and it's to your children, your family, and it is to everybody that is that God calls even those who are afar off. There are testimonies in this building here of people that were afar off. <laughs> Praise God. And you know what? Ultimately, we were all afar off because none of us measure up to the holiness of God. Amen. But on the fit on the on the earthly side of definitions, some of you were farther than some of us. Praise God. And God called you from a mighty, mighty long way. And he picked you, he picked you, he picked you out of pits and out of situations that it, that it can only be testified. It's a miracle of God's goodness. If it had not been for the Lord, where would I be? He pulled me out from a mighty long way. And he gave to me a promise. And he, don't let him run by himself. And he gave to me a hope. And he gave to me a direction. Praise God. And I'm going to keep going that direction. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody clap your hand. Holy Ghost is in this place here tonight. The promise is in this house here tonight. It's to you. It's to your children. And it's to everybody that's afar off. Hallelujah, Ricky. It's good to see you with your hands in the sky. He was baptized in Jesus' name. And he's in the house of God tonight worshiping. Praise God. Thank you, son, for running. Praise God. Hallelujah. When somebody runs out, don't let them run by themselves. Join, join, join in. Praise God. You can be seated. <laughs> the promise is to you and to your children and to everybody. And so... <clears throat> I want to talk about Project 39. 39 is Acts chapter 2, verse 39. The promise should be for everybody. The family in the scripture, from what I can tell, the first evangelistic endeavor was God told Adam and Eve and their offspring to cultivate, to replenish the earth. So the first evangelistic focus was the family. Praise God. Now, God gives skills and talents and abilities to us in different ways. And some people, they're mixers and movers. They don't meet a stranger. They can talk to anybody. Maybe not everybody is like that. Some are really, really good with Bible studies. Others are more in a supportive role. Praise God. God divides severally to us as he will. We all have different personalities. But this is a fact. Whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, the first evangelistic endeavor on your part is to make sure your family is saved. 
I want to say to everybody that came to the house of God today, if you came with your family, if you're here by yourself and you came to the house of God, the first endeavor of evangelism is making sure I do everything within my power to save my family. Now, sometimes my family may go astray, but it's not, it's not going to be because I didn't try. And I didn't put forth my best efforts. Anybody hearing what I'm saying here? Praise God. When we catch a vision of this, it changes everything. Because I'm here to make sure my family is saved. And that's why I'm going to come to the house of God with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. This is why I'm not going to tear down the church. I'm going to build up the church. Church is not perfect and the people in the church are not perfect. But I want my family to be saved. Therefore, I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure that the first evangelistic effort that God designs is for me to be a leader in my family. This is why I'm in the house of God. Praise God. Men, if you're, a, if you're the head of the household, you need to lead your family in worship, lead them in prayer, lead them in faithfulness. Praise God. Be an anchor. Be a source of strength. Hallelujah. Are you thankful for men that stand true and stand strong? I'm thankful for that there's a strength in that praise God sis if you're here by yourself and there's not a man in your home you have to step up and you have to take the reins of that authority in your home thank God you're here with your babies because you're doing what God intended for you to do and that was to lead an evangelistic effort to save your family Praise God. The, the original plan was that there would be an evangelistic effort to lead by the family first. This is one of the reasons why when Paul is talking to Timothy, he says in several cases, one that ruleth well his own house, one that rules their children and their own houses well. He is not talking about, sometimes people, their interpretation gets so skewed and sideways. He is not talking about situations where families break apart and people make choices and decisions and they go their own way. That is not a reflection on the leadership of the person in the home. The reflection of the leadership in the person as the head of the household is that you chart the course and you set the tone and you set the direction. Living intentionally is a direction, not a destination. Some people may not make it to the destination, but it's my responsibility to set the direction. Praise God, and I wanna take everybody that I can in the direction. Now, if they don't make it, that's not on me because I've done everything I could do to make sure that I've done the best that I could do. Do you, do you see the distinction there? There's a big distinction there. The direction that you set is what is absolutely important. And this is what is being considered in these passages of Scripture. And healthy churches can be birthed through the burden of other churches. The most successful churches are typically planted or initiated by established churches. If a church is established out of frustration, discord, and division, it's probably not going to be a successful church. Something that is birthed through a split-off often struggles to create a genuine, life-giving environment because there's unresolved issues and ongoing resentment toward other ministries. You don't want to be a part of something like that. You want to be a part of something that is unified that is together, that has the mission of God in mind and servitude, not starting something out of ego or self-interest. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not about me and it's not entirely about you. It's about us in the kingdom of God working together. <laughs> Praise God. And so a healthy church is birthed from a burden or can be this is what Project 39 is. It's a birthing of something from something that is already established. 
And the vision is to reach an area that doesn't have access to the gospel in the same way that we do. So what we need to do is expand beyond this place to other parts of this city and say we want to plant the flag in an area or in a place that does not have a church. Praise God. Did you know there's two zip codes in the city of Bakersfield that has over 100,000 people apiece and there is no church? I want you to know something. I'm so very thankful for what God has done and blessed on this piece of property. I appreciate it, but I think it's time for us to cast a vision beyond just what's taking place in central Bakersfield and say, you know what? I believe, I believe if God can do it here, then God can do it over there. And I believe God is going to be in a movement of individuals that say, we want to take this somewhere else. I'm talking about somebody with some boldness. I'm talking about an apostolic explorer that steps out in faith and says, thank God for the establishment and the foundation that we have been given. But to whom much is given, much is required. I want to stretch myself in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to reach. This is what Project 39 is. It's taking the promise to other places. One person cannot provide everything that a new church needs. Sometimes people get an idea, I'm gonna start a church and they parachute in. They parachute into a place. It's just them. And so now they've gotta create all of this that we have here. They've gotta create it by themselves and on their own. This becomes something very, very difficult because one person does not possess all the gifts, the tools, the resources to facilitate something that is new. The mission requires, it requires the five-fold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It takes more than just one person. Project 39 is extending an invitation to you that says, we have to work together if we're going to see God do something somewhere else. Now, it may not be all of us doing that, but I'll tell you this, all of us can be involved in it. If I'm not over there, I'm going to be praying about over there. Praise God. I'm going to be praying about those people over there that somehow God leads us to somebody that's been looking for the promise. They've been looking for the promise. They've been looking for it, but they haven't found it. Praise God. If God would send somebody to cross their path somehow, some way, so that they could understand there's a promise to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You may not even get over to that side of town, but there's somebody over there that God's reaching for. Just a matter of somebody going. So one person can't provide everything that a new church needs. It's going to take more than just one. And if God is calling one person to a particular area, he will call others to join in that initiation. God calls church planters and pastors to be the initiators of the mission. And if God is truly at work, he'll provide other people to fill in the missing pieces of the puzzle. It's not built upon just one individual. It will likely fail, or if it doesn't fail, it's going to take a long, long time. But if there is a group of people that come together with an already ordered and structured community into a place and say, praise God, God's been really good to us, come and, and absorb into what God is doing, there is more of an ability and a success that might be had when we collectively join together and take ownership of the effort. It's not limited by leadership and ability or resources of one individual, but it's all of us working together. I want to see God have revival here, and God's been doing some great things here. We had an interesting service Sunday, and 
and there were guests in the house of God here, and God moved in a powerful way despite sometimes our shortcomings. God wants us to have revival. I want to have revival here, but I want to see revival break out in other parts of this city. Praise God. You can look at me and you can look at me with unbelief or disbelief, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing something out there. I want to go big and I want to go bold. I can see one day in the future where we don't need a bigger building, but we've got more churches in this city that were connected to this church because we said, God, we're going to put you to the test. We want to see revival on the east side. We want to see revival on the south side. We want to see revival on the southwest side. We want to see you do great things. Praise God. And so we're going to extend our faith because the promise is to everybody. Amen. This should not be an endeavor for individual accomplishments and reputation. Hear me. Hear me. This thing that we're talking about, Project 39, it's, it's not to build up somebody so that they have individual accomplishments or reputation. It's not about what Pastor Bradford's doing. It's not about what the key leaders are doing. It's not about who's doing what. It's about what we are doing in the kingdom of God. Praise God, what we are doing in the kingdom of God. So it's not about individual accomplishments and reputation. The burden of a church should be to serve others and to be a part of God's greater plan. I'm throwing this out here because some of you have said, I just feel like I need to be doing more. I don't feel like I've got a place. I'm telling you, there is a place, and it's Project 39, and now you're going to have to say to me, I know that there's something I can do do now rather than just maybe making excuses for why you're not doing what you're doing here. Ladies and gentlemen, we all need to find something and say, I'm going to take ownership of that. I don't care how small it is. I'm going to take ownership of that. Praise God. It may be the fact that I'm cleaning this pulpit after every service, but I'm going to take ownership of that. What are you doing in the kingdom of God? Listen, we need to raise the bar a little higher. We need to stop just coming to church and enjoying all the blessings of God. We need to start doing the work of God. I need to do more. You need to do more. We need to do more because God wants us to do more. We got to fulfill a commission. We need to cultivate in the beginning what we want to see in the end. Praise God. Praise God. So church planting is free. Nothing that God calls us to do costs money. Everything that costs money is something added to the scriptural requirement. Making disciples, evangelizing, growing people, creating networks and systems are all free. Now, it may be something out of your own personal pocket book, but it can be done. Not all ministry must take place inside a formal location. There are lots of free opportunities available outside of the building. Do you think we can go there? Are you willing to go there? How about a park somewhere? How about renting a building somewhere across town for one service? I, we, we don't need it a whole week, but what, what if we showed up for one service? What if we showed up in somebody's home? I don't know if we can do that, Pastor. We, we don't have a building. We don't need a building. You know, all we need is the power of God. We need, the, we need the promise of 39. The promise is to you and to your children and to as many as our God calls, even those who are far off. Praise God. Let's get outside of the box and say, God, we're, we're, going, to, we're going to see what you will do. Praise God. We're going to see what you will do. We're going to pray that you lead us to somebody over there that's been praying for a man of Macedonia, somebody to come over to Macedonia. I really believe this. I believe there's people over there that are praying for that. They're looking for that. They're watching for that. They're seeking that. They just haven't made the connection because they're on the other side of town. 
So if it's in a park, it's in a park. You don't need all this. If you've got an acoustic guitar and a little beatbox thing, you can sing. Praise God. You know what the average size of a New Testament church was? What do you think the average size of a New Testament church was? In the New Testament in the first century, how many people do you think the, the early churches would have consisted of? How many people? About 30. They were homes. That's why it's the household of so-and-so. The churches were in homes. Praise God. So, so look around you. There's, there's multiple churches here tonight. Amen. So you, you can start something in a house. You can start something in a park. You can start something anywhere. Praise God. If God is in it, it will happen and it will take place. And I believe that God will be in an endeavor of individuals saying, I want to be used of God. Praise God. I want to see God do, do something in my city. It is one of the quickest paths to sustainability because there is a connection. There is a connection. There is a support. And so if you throw too many resources at something, that could be damaging to the fledgling work. Sometimes you can give too much. One of the, one of the great difficulties that I've had as pastors, I, I, tr I try to give people too much. And, and we have. We've given people vehicles, cars. We've outfitted their houses. We've done a lot of things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it takes some wisdom to know how much and when. Because if you do too much, then you don't allow the growth and the development to take place and you're doing it for them. And so, and we've had to learn that. We've, we brought people into our homes. And we, Sister Rena, I don't know if she's here tonight, but we've done some, we've brought furniture and stuff. And some of those people, they didn't stick. They didn't last. And in some cases, we gave too much too fast. But guess what? There are some people that are still here because of what we collectively as a church said we want to do because we want to minister. And so it's taken a little bit for us to understand when you give and then when you don't and how much you support and how much you don't. And, and that's all something that God has to help us with. So you can give too much. And then in some cases, if you don't give enough, then there's not life there. And, and so there's got to be a connection between a, a church that is established and trying to establish something outside of it. Many churches have been around five to ten years and have never experienced growth because they're relying on outside support, fellowship, networking, rather than actually developing, developing it locally. What Project 39 is about is us going into an area and developing it from the ground up, not relying on the mother church to dump a bunch of money in a building that we're trying to use for a week that we don't use the whole week. This, this is a burden that says, let's see what God will do from the very ground up. And then as it grows and develops, then you can invest and support it. But if it's not happening, it's not happening. We're not going to put a bunch of time and effort into an area that is not going to happen. We want to go where it's happening. Praise God. And this is where we can all get involved in this. You need to start praying that revival breaks out where it needs to happen. Praise God. Praise God. You may live on the southwest and your neighbor says, you know what? I notice that you've been... You, you, you leave your house quite often all dressed. Where are you going? And something breaks out on another side of the city. We need to have revival where it's happening. Praise God. If it's not happening, well, then we'll just move somewhere else and we'll start again somewhere else because we believe that God's going to lead us where people are hungry. I'm not, I'm not wanting to go somewhere where nobody wants what we've got. I want to go somewhere that God leads us and directs us. That's the exact place where we need to be and things start breaking out because God's in it. Amen. God's in it. So Project 39 is, is really, Project 39 is not even about the church because the church comes later. 
There has to be a fostering, a networking. There has to be connecting with the neighborhood. It means boots on the ground. It needs, means getting out there. It, needs, it means using social media. It means hanging door hangers. It means canvassing a neighborhood. It means putting together an event to build some kind of connectivity before you ever get to the place where you just latch on to a building. And so Project 39 is really the process. It's the planting of the seeds before it ever gets to a physical building. Now, here's, here's, here's what could happen, right? What could happen? What could happen is at some point, because of Project 39 and people that come into that, you end up with 30 people on that side of town. Now you got to find a building and you got to put somebody over there and you've got to start a church. And Project 39 doesn't end with that one. Project 39 just picks up from there and goes to another part of the city and starts all over again. Praise God. I'm challenging you here tonight. Do you want to be used of God or not? Do we want to come and just, man, this is a great place. God has really blessed us. Oh, praise God. There's a man that just got baptized standing up with his hands in the air because he's excited about what God is doing. We need to join together with him and say, Ricky, there's some other Rickies in this city, and we're believing God that God's going to lead us to more Rickies. Praise God. Praise God. So there, there's, there's a lot of aspects that go in, into this. There's, there's really three main, main aspects of this. You don't just open doors and expect God to fill it. You have to go out and build relationships, give invitations, create bridge-building opportunities. Initially, it's not even going to look like a church. You're trying to connect with people. You're basically doing outreach and you're bringing them into an area where you can cultivate relationships and Bible studies and build a coalition. Praise God. And, and it's very, very simple. It is as simple as this. We've already started it and we've already got hits. The key orchestrator behind a lot of this is Brother Bryce Cosme, who went out and, and was going to start a church in an area. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Now he's been some other places. He could, he could have taken some other churches in some other places. But somehow in our conversation, we stumble across the idea of why, why not just, why, why don't we see what God would do if we just launched out in faith? It's as simple as this. It's as simple as asking people what we could help them pray for. And people, people in Compton. There's people in the church in Compton that are in the church because of that on social media. How can we help you pray? And we've started it here locally, and we've already had people that have contacted us and said, could you help us pray about my daughter, my sister, situation, circumstances? And, and then you got, you, got to, you got to cultivate that connection and that relationship. Praise God. God needs to move us out of our comfort zone just a little bit. Because if we're not careful, it is so easy to come into this place and have great church and go home and say, man, we had great church. And then come back and have great church again. Without, without stretching ourselves and saying, I'm going to connect to somebody. Hello. I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm bringing faith. It's time for you to connect to somebody and say, I'm going to pray with you and believe that God's going to do great things. So Project 39 probably won't even look like church initially. It's connecting. It's reaching. It's establishing Bible studies. That takes people. That takes people. And that's where the buy-in has to be on the part of some to say, I want to commit to that, either primarily or secondarily. We need to form a team of, how, how big was a, a New Testament early church? How big was it? How big? How many people? 30. We need about 30 really committed people 
And then secondarily, there can be other people that say, I want to be a part of that, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really commit. But if you're doing something, I want to know about it because I'd like an invitation to be a part of whatever it is because I like to reach out and help people. But it's going to take some committed people that are willing to say, I, I'm, I'm willing to step up and, and do that. Praise God. How many churches do you think should be in our city? A hundred? That's, that's pretty good. Uh, the, the, the average is a church every 30,000. It's what some say. Some, some who are experts say. <laughs> there should be a church for every 30,000. Well, if you take the population of Bakersfield and you divide that by 30,000, that's 13 churches. 13 churches. Praise God. You look at me like I'm nuts. Could you imagine down the road where there's 10 campuses of GBFPC? I mean, that's, that, that blows my mind. I, I think that's probably, but I don't want to limit God either, right? <laughs> so I want to say, God, we, we just want to be involved in the work of God. And whatever you do, if you're in it, it's great. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, you may say I'm hedging my bets and we don't bet, but it's, it's a, just it's an idiom. All right. If, if it doesn't work out there, wherever there is, I'm not going to be disappointed because after so long, there's no church building or no church out there. You know why? Because we spent some time out in that area inviting people to the house of God, trying to get Bible studies, canvassing an area that we wouldn't have been there otherwise. And so if nothing happens out there, then we've done our part. And here's what God does. If we are do our part over there, then the blessing sometimes comes from areas that's not connected over there, but it's connected in other places. So it's about doing the work of God. So it's about community outreach. It's about, it's about people seeing that vision, and then it's about new convert care. This, these are the three main, main thing. When, when you make an effort to bring people into the fold, it means that you've got to reach out to them. You've got new convert care. You've got to work together. You've got to bring people in. You got to disciple them. There's time and effort and focus and energy into that. Praise God. And you know what excites me about this? This is what some of you so long to do. And you're troubled because you're trying to find out where's my place and where do I fit? Here's an opportunity for God to use you in a great way. Not, not for some title or some position. But just to say, God, man, take us and, 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 and use my hunger and desire to serve you in, in, a, in a great way. Just, just use Praise God. Praise God. So this, this is what Project 39 is about. Amen. And we're going to be working on that in the next little bit there as the musicians come here tonight. <clears throat> I think all of us should be committed to it whether we're actively engaged in it or not because ultimately the hunger is to see God have revival in Bakersfield. Praise God. Amen. We've talked about should we build a bigger building, expand our sanctuary. If you fill that sanctuary up over there, it's to the point and the place where it's very, very difficult to, to manage and minister to all of those people. Like the idea of a mega church, it gets so big that at some point, how is there any real connection? And where's those, where's that 30 people connection New Testament church come from? And so, so in praying about this, and this is one of the reasons why it resonated with me when Brother Cosme was mentioning some of this, is because if we're going to get bigger, we need to get smaller. So let's fill the sanctuary up, but let's reach out into other parts of the city and ask God to do great things 
beyond just this place and use the establishment of this place to be a blessing to somewhere else. Amen. Praise God. And so my faith, my faith is high. I know we're going to have ups and downs and difficulties, but I believe God's going to do amazing things. If you've been if you've been a Hope Corps student, you've done ITW and you did all that, and you went and you learned all that, and you went somewhere and you came home and 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 you're a Hope Corps student, and what exactly am I doing? Here's an opportunity as a Hope Corps student to say, I'm gonna take it to the streets. I'm gonna take it to the streets. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. As we stand together tonight, thank you, Jesus. I want us to pray right now. I just what I want us to pray here right now is that God <clears throat> uses every single one of us to commit to revival in whatever way, shape, or form. Would you do that together with me right now? Savior, I thank you and praise you and worship you. Praise God. Do you feel that? I feel that. God, use every single one of us. People that don't think they can, they can. They just don't know it. I pray that you would open their understanding and their eyes. People that feel they can, I pray, God, that you would expand their abilities and their territories. Praise God. Use every single one of us. Whatever great way it is, whatever small way it is, I pray that you would build up the kingdom of God as we come to you in this place here tonight and we ask for your anointing and your touch and your goodness. Praise God. Come on, I want you to pray right now individually. God, Whatever I think I'm capable of, would you help me see that I'm capable of doing more and I need to trust in you. Praise God. I need to trust in you and believe in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you and praise you and worship you. Praise God. Let's pray for people to receive the promise. Maybe there's a seat next to you. Pray for the chair that's right next to you. There's somebody for that. God, I pray that you would direct me, lead me across their paths, whether it's at school, whether it's on the job. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, and praise you and worship you. Give me the words to say, go before me. Give me a, a boldness. Praise God. Help me to be ready to give an answer of the hope that is in me. Because you've given to me a hope that maketh not a shame. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We extend our faith before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. Every hand lifted in this place tonight. God, I surrender to you. I praise you and worship you. Come on, I want you to pray loud. Pray loud. No intimidation. No fear. I want you to pray out loud. God, use every single one of us to be used in this city. Hallelujah. If I can pray, I'll pray. If I can go, I'll go. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's the sound of revival. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Can you see it? If you, can, if you can see it, if you believe it, I want you to clap your hands and lift up your voice and shout with a voice of triumph. God, you're going to do great things. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. What's going to happen is on Thursdays, we have the first Thursday is church prayer. The second Thursday, we've done ladies' Bible study, men's prayer, and then we've done...
Ladies Prayer and Men's Fellowship. Those two Thursdays of the month are, are going to be a focus on Project 39. There'll be opportunities for prayer here on those Thursdays. There'll be opportunities for small groups, ministries, but the focus is really going to be on Project 39 for those two Thursdays. One Thursday for planning with that core group, and then the next Thursday for initiating some kind of local community uh, event that tries to pull people together. And so we're going to be working on that. I don't know how much we'll be able to get done completely in, until the first of the year, but that's the direction that we're, we're wanting to go with that. So what's going to happen is you'll receive a flock note, and if, if you want to really commit whether it is primarily or secondarily, if you want to really commit to that, there will be a flock note with a link that you can go up uh, and you can sign up for Project 39 that will go directly to Brother Cosme and he will take that list and start working on that. Amen. Praise God. A commitment, what kind of a commitment? A commitment for a certain period of time to say, I'm, I'll be plugged in those Thursdays, I'll be there. I'll do that work. I'll stay connected. Amen. That, that's, that's a commitment we're looking for. And then there's a, a secondary com a commitment that I, I'd like to be involved, but I, I don't have the time um, to be too committed. And then beyond that, pray, seek God, believe God. Amen. Project 39. 39 is what? The promise is to you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the promise is to you. Praise God. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, and to your children. Uh, it could be your future children. <laughs> uh, but the real key on both sides, tell them, and to all that are afar off. It's to everybody that's afar off. Amen. God's reaching to everybody that's afar off. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we will continue uh, to work on that. Amen. Continue to pray about that. Amen. I believe God wants to use us to do great, great things. Praise God. And I want to be used in the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Don't these singers look fantastic? We brought them up here and just to look at them. Amen. Clap your hands and give them a warm welcome of appreciation for all they do. Amen. They'll be here tomorrow night. Uh, they do a lot of hard work and effort. So 